We've been looking for a home in a great neighborhood, but they're all too small. Then we heard about the FHA 203K loan program, where we can add a room or two when we purchase and get a single loan to cover both the purchase and the room addition. What a great idea! Great idea, absolutely. <clears throat> I think uh, every realtor should be using the FHA 203K on every sale or something like it. We have renovation loans that go up to $3 million, including purchase and financing of the construction or updates. So and there's no, no reason not to because you've got so many people out there that find the house that almost fits their needs. Almost isn't good enough. Uh, how often do you find a house that fits all of your needs? I wouldn't think very often. I know I see we've had about five or six houses over the years, and uh, every one of them needs something. So welcome to Love My Renovation Project, where we discuss all things regarding renovation projects, whether it's FHA 203K, Homestyle, a dozen other ones, including the uh, portfolio uh, renovation loans, which go up to three million bucks. Are you a teacher, fireman, policeman, prison guard, EMT? You're looking to purchase a home? How about getting a 50% discount? We're going to talk more about this at the end of the show today. Uh, call in and find out how you can do this if you want at 888-627-6008. That's correct, 888-627-6008. 6008. You know, sometimes a homeowner that's bought a home and is refinancing it, and they're in the middle of the refinancing, and nobody seems to be on their side when everybody seemed to be on their side when they got started. Well, you should know that most 203Ks and other renovation type loans do go off without a hitch, but from time to time, you may find yourself. Between, with nobody to talk to on your side of the equation that understands the programs. So if you find yourself in that predicament, give us a call. If you don't mind talking about it on our live radio, great. But if you do and you want a private conversation, go to 203k911.com, fill out the handy contact form there, and tell us all about your situation so that when we do talk, we're not wasting a lot of time getting caught up. Uh, we would appreciate that. Uh, we help most people without any costs or fees. So, you know, and we always thoroughly discuss it before if you uh, do look like you're going to need our services in more in-depth. So, many home buyers think their consultant is their advocate. And I want to address that a little bit. Your consultant is never your advocate, although it may feel like that at first. The consultant's job is to assist the client to, in creating a scope of work that meets the minimum property standards and addresses all the items they want plus minimum property standards requirements that are over and above their requirements in many cases. Some of those might be attic insulation. If you're buying an older home and there's no attic insulation, 
you have to include attic insulation. It's not an option. So if you didn't have your contractor bid attic insulation, then he's going to have to add that to his list if you're using a contractor's bid. But in any case, we want to make sure that those minimum property standards are, are met, and predominantly they are for um, health and safety issues and things of longevity. Will the part that you're looking at, like a front porch, survive with normal maintenance for the term of the loan, which is usually about 30 years? If it will, then you've met the minimum property standards. If you don't, then you need to fix it. How many can say that they knew the cost of their project prior to hiring a contractor? Well, that's what a consultant really does. That's where they earn their money. That's where they earn their keep. A consultant goes out to the project wish you, with you and, wish, and puts your wish list down, provides a property uh, scope of work, for your construction that includes the minimum property standards and those new items that you want to do or add to the minimum. So once they do that, they're going to give you a bid on those items. A bid. You will have this in your hands prior to getting a contractor's bid if the process is followed the way it was designed. Now, there are some lenders out there that tell you to rush out and get three contractors bid before you do anything and my God, don't ever call the consultant until you have those bids in hand. Then there's a bunch of consultants that when you call them, they say, have you got a contractor's bid yet? And they say, no. Well, get that and then call me. Those are not the ways to do it. You're supposed to get your consultant hired, let him get out there and do his job. If we do our job properly, we're going to help you get through that sticky space. Uh, we had one where we got out there ahead of time. I bid the job at $159,000. It was a pretty good-sized job, a second-story addition, craftsman-style house. To be at the end, it was not a craftsman-style house. It was a crap-style house when we first looked at it. But we bid it in four days at 159000 Her contractor took four and a half weeks to come up with a bid of 298000 for the same work the same scope. So we hired another contractor to look at it. I had her pick it because she wanted me to pick it, but I said no. At this point, uh, I'd like you to pick the contractor. She did. She picked a second contractor who came in at 161, just 2000 over my bid. She was shocked that the first contractor she chose was about to rip her off, in her words, not mine. In fact, that probably wasn't what was happening. He specialized in high-end small homes. And he was going to make her home a lot higher end than what we specified. And that's where he came up with the outrageous prices. In any case, uh, that was totally out of her league. She didn't need that kind of house. She wasn't looking for that kind of house. Um, the consultant may direct you to a contractor suitable for your project uh, and construction type in many cases, but it's not their job. Uh, HUD doesn't even want us doing that as consultants. However, sometimes it makes the process go smoother. I have a new lender, an old friend, who decided to finally start getting into 
the FHA 203K and Homestyle Loan by Fannie Mae and so forth. Start doing those loans. Now, he and I have known each other for 32 years. Wow. God, am I that old? <laughs> anyway, he wanted to know. He says, the key to this thing, after his reading and looking into it, seems to be finding a, a good contractor, a contractor that can work fast, put a bid together a little faster than normal, than most, and so forth. Well, that's that's pretty good. It's pretty astute of him, and I wouldn't expect anything less from him. I've known him to be a very good loan officer for a long time. Uh, but if you got, uh, if you'd like to talk us about, if you would like us to talk more about your specific terms, uh, we don't want to do, and you don't want to be on the radio. Remember, you can go to 203k911.com, scroll down to the contact form, and we can address it on our next program. But if you do, call us at 888-627-6008 and be part of today's show. So, okay, we're going to get started now. Types of improvements. Types of eligible improvements include, but are not limited to, converting a one-family structure into two, three, or four. Uh, one of our favorite projects was turning a, an eight-plex that was totally gutted into four units. We got four, four bedroom units and one three bedroom unit out of that. But uh, it's whatever it is after the construction is complete. It might have been a garage and the house burned to the ground, but it had a detached garage. Now you want to build off of that garage. Uh, to build off the house, you have to have the foundation in its original form. And 80 years ago, a foundation 80 or 100 years old may not meet today's requirements. It might be perfectly intact, but it still may not meet today's requirements. Uh, for all you people who are thinking, in California particularly, about all these fires, I mean tens of thousands of homes have been removed. They're burned to the ground. The problem with those is, one, the foundations were likely old. Uh, there were some new houses burned, but the heat that's generated by a house fire is usually way too much for that foundation, and it ruins the foundation, making it impossible to move forward. So the massive California fires do not, would not likely be considered for the FHA 203K. Might be for the 203H, which is for uh, national disasters and so forth, but that you'd even have to run by the powers that be to see if they would let you rebuild that foundation and the house from ground up. But you can certainly convert a one-family house into two, three, or four. You can convert a fourplex into one, uh, provided the zoning allows it. You can decrease an existing multi-unit structure like a five or six or eightplex and turn it into a fourplex, much bigger units. The thing, I used to have 300 rental units, roughly, and I had um, a lot of experience with Section 8 and so forth. There is a tremendous need for four-bedroom homes and four-bedroom apartments uh, through housing authority. So don't that, that could be a real boon to you because they pay most of the rent on the first of every month, religiously. 
but you can repair, reconstruct, or elevate a house. We actually had one where the had a foundation was shot. It was cracked in many places. It was beyond repair, so we had to replace it. And the, the borrowers immediately said, wait a minute, if I could raise the foundation while we're putting a new one there by three feet, we would have tremendous San Francisco skyline views from this house. I think it was uh, literally in Albany, California, but they did, and they raised it three foot, and they increased the value by a million bucks. They had a million dollars in equity, and these people were accountants. They understood the power of that equity. But uh, So that can be done. If you're going to be replacing the foundation, consider that. If you can create a fantastic view in the process by going just a little higher. So, purchasing an existing structure on another site and moving it to a, a new foundation on a new site, that can be done. Quite often when these cities and counties decide to widen a highway or a road, they take out a lot of houses. Quite often they'll make those houses available for a dollar. A dollar, a single dollar. For you appraisers that are out there that have never appraised for condemnation, it's the highest possible value a home would derive in that neighborhood. Not, It's not a fair market price. It's the highest price that it might sell for. So that's pretty cool. Also for appraisers, a 203K or a renovation appraisal is Merely an appraisal as is and a second appraisal typically for what it will be subject to these repairs and modifications. So that's pretty cool. Excuse me a second. I got a hearing aid in one ear and it's just killing me for some reason today. See, purchasing an existing structure on one site, moving it to another foundation on another site, then renovating it. Again, that's clearly possible. Uh, we had an incident years ago where the lender didn't want to make that because all the people wanted to do is, as the streets widened, they had no front porch. I mean, their front porch pretty much opened on the on the street, no front yard. So they wanted to see, they had a very large backyard, 90 feet. So they wanted to pick the home up and set it back 30 feet so they'd have a 30-foot front yard and a 60-foot rear yard. And the lender in charge was looking not to do this loan. Well, I said, find a different lender. It's that simple, but the lender hired us. So it's kind of hard to do that, slap them in the nose take the loan away from them, but they also had to be slapped in the nose a little bit. Uh, we were able to get our our boss down at Santa Ana to call in and check that out for us. And when he got them on the phone, he just said uh, they thought they were going to have a nice lengthy discussion about how this was going to happen. And I thought it was cute because he said, are you all there? If you disrespect my consultant, you disrespect me. I'll pull your ability to be make FHA loans anywhere in the country, that's all. Do what he says and hang up. And that, I thought that was amazing. And it does show that HUD does rely on a consultant's 
for knowing the guideline and doing as it says. And yes, you can pick a house up on its current site and move it somewhere else on the site as part of a 203K. Um, we had another one years ago where the house was just not in the right place. It was down in, uh, gosh, I want to say Stockton area, uh, a little east of Stockton. But anyway, when we got down there, they didn't really, the house, the house was shot. The foundation had a pier and post foundation. We contacted HUD at that time, and they said, well, they don't want it in that location because it's too close to the septic system, the septic tank. We need to move it. And they said, well, can you keep one corner of the house or one portion of the house where it was? And that's what we ended up doing. We did put up a concrete perimeter foundation on it. And we ended up with uh, a nice house, effectively where the front, um, the left rear corner of the house became the front left corner of the house. And we moved it back approximately 30 feet. So that's pretty cool. And, and HUD, HUD is not um, looking to create problems. They're looking to solve problems. So don't feel, uh, feel free to contact them. Uh, they may hate me for that, but... Uh, they can make this thing uh, function a lot better. So, making structural alterations such as repairing or replacing structural damage uh, can be done with the 203K. Additions to the structure, um, finished attics or basements. So if you have an attic or a basement and it uh, can be finished, then that would be a good use of the 203K. Rehabilitating, improving, or constructing a garage. I got a call uh, Friday or thir Thursday or Friday where the client said we've got, uh, actually this was a realtor, said we have a house, the house doesn't really need any work, we have a detached garage, excuse me, we want to build a detached garage with an in-law above. Well, that's a no-no. You can't do that. You can fix a house that's been there. You can fix a garage that's been there. But if you want to add a garage, it can have no living area unless it is attached to the main structure with um, a common wall. With a common wall. So you've got a house. You're wanting an ADA unit, uh, ADU unit. Uh, that's an auxiliary dwelling unit. So, and you're thinking about maybe renting that out uh, as a Airbnb or something on that order. Um, you can't do that unless you make it attached to the main structure. Then you can add living area. And if it has a detached garage, you might be able to convert that into a living area and still keep it detached and add a garage either in front of it or beside it. But you can clearly add a detached garage that does not have any living area using the 203K. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see you over there, Doug. Apologize. So call us at 888-627-6008 if you want to be part of the show. We're going to be right back after this short break. Stay tuned.
We found the perfect house, but there's been no updating it for many years. Then we heard about the FHA 203K, where we can buy that home and get the money to fix it up all in one low interest rate loan. What a great idea! Part of the show today, call us at 888-627-6008. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we're going to pick up where we left off. We were in the middle of some of the things you can do with an FHA 203K or renovation loan in general. Uh, you can repair a, an existing pool or remove a pool. So if you've got a pool that's completely shot and the people are trying to sell it, and they're saying, don't give any value to the pool because it's not there. It's terrible. It cannot be fixed. You can actually put a new one in if you go with the Homestyle loan, not the FHA, 203K, excuse me. So, But if you're, you can remove it or re repair it with the 203K. Property requirements. You can install or repair wells or existing septic tanks or put in a new septic tank altogether. You can connect public water and sewage uh, systems if they are close enough to do that. In fact, HUD requires you, if they are now in front of your house, then you should require, uh, replace it. Uh, you, you can repair or replace plumbing systems, complete systems. You can repipe the entire house, uh, replace your heating, air conditioning, electrical systems. Any of these are possible. A few years ago, I was doing a house in Oakland, California, probably 15 years ago. The entire house was served with one 30-amp breaker. The power came into this house, went through a 30-amp breaker, and back out to distribute the power throughout the house. Another one we did had two. 15 amp breakers and they were popping them I asked the, the lady of the house that was uh, living there at the time what are you having trouble with using modern appliances and having the fuses go out she walked over to a drawer and opened it it must have had 150 fuses in it she says yeah <laughs> every day when I turn on my 150 watt or 1500 watt uh hair dryer it pops a fuse and I thought well geez you keep doing it <laughs> oh well we're going to fix that problem we're going to put in a 100 amp minimum breaker and set it up with breakers so you're going to have 15 20 amp breakers throughout you might have a 50 amp breaker for your washer and dryer um, but in other words we're just going to fix that electrical system you can uh, make changes for improved functional and modernization of the house. You know, you have to cure any functional obsolescence in a house. So if your house had a bathroom door right off of the dining room, you might use the 203K to build a, a wall, a short wall just in front of it, just so that you don't have to sit at Thanksgiving with your whole family and have the bathroom door swing open and catch grandpa sitting on a toilet. 
that's an extreme situation. I know that. <laughs> anyway, making changes uh, for aesthetic appeal. You can use a 203K to change for the aesthetic appeal. You can repair or add roofing, gutters, downspouts. Uh, you can change the whole appearance of the house. That one that we did for 159, we were changing the appearance from just an old bungalow to a craftsman-style home. Just doing that in that neighborhood, there were a lot of craftsman-style homes, but it put her house in a different category. Okay, So we can make energy improvements, so if you need to add insulation. Insulation is a no-brainer, as they say. My wife hated that word, no-brainer. Uh, but if you're going to insulate the attic because it hasn't ever been insulated in the floor, and the walls, that is all good stuff because usually attic ins or insulation in general improves the uh, functional or the, oh, if, if you're using thermal efficiency is the words I was looking for. It'll improve the thermal efficiency in such a way that it'll probably pay you back a dollar for dollar every year that you live there after, thereafter. So Insulation is an excellent way to put your place to put your money. Um, you can create accessibility for persons with disabilities. You can widen doorways, widen showers, take a bathtub out and put a roll-in shower so they can get in of the wheelchair if necessary. Um, you can install or repair fences, walkways, driveways. Install new appliances, refrigerators, countertop, cooktops, Slide in uh, ovens and, and ranges, dishwashers, built-in microwaves. Um, you know, there's almost so many things you can do with the 203K. Uh, you don't have to remodel the entire house. You can pick and choose the things you want to remodel. If they're structural, you have to have $5,000 worth of issue, uh, repairs that you have to have. If it's non-structural, you have to have, well, most lenders like to see you have about $2,000 worth of construction. Uh, but there's no minimum. If all you have to do is repair a window in the back because the seller wouldn't repair it before they're sold, there's no we're selling it as is. Then you can do that with the uh, limited 203K. Here's one that gets people. Landscaping. It's confusing. You cannot do landscaping in one part of the guideline and you can do it in another. In this particular section of the guideline I'm reading says you can do landscaping. Typically, landscaping must not be annuals. They must be perennials. They must be things that automatically come back, um, trees that leave their leaves, uh, are evergreen or lose their leaves and, and leaf out again in the spring, that's fine. But you can landscape for sure for uh, you can change the scape. You can change the grading in such a way as to uh, protect the home from damage. Okay? You can install smoke detectors, CO detectors. Um, we talked about removing or replacing, or repairing, rather, uh, in-ground swimming pools. Um, you can install decks, patios, porches. You can construct a windstorm shelter. So if you're back in... I know a friend of mine in Texas, he had a, he visited his windstorm shelter regularly. 
his house was still there when it came out, but that, thank goodness, but there's three barns I know on one storm, he lost three barns on his property. So covering lead-based paint stabilization costs. So if the structure was built before 1978 and has lead paint, you can fix that under the EPA's RRP rules, Renovation, Repair, and Painting Rule. So, but don't just assume your house has lead paint because it was built in 1977. Uh, roughly 1965, they stopped the manufacture of new lead-based paint. So for 10 years, from 68 through 78, they were given the opportunity to unload their inventories and put all that lead paint out there. So if you if that's a concern to you, then you may want to look at that very heavily. And, and the, the way you address it will also force you to have a, whether you have an EPA certified inspections during the course of that repair or not. So be careful how you uh, require why are you getting rid of the lead-based paint? Well, I'm getting a, rid of it because I want to. No specific reason. Or, well, it's detrimental to my kid's health. Well, if it's detrimental to your kid's health and you get rid of it, you must set up with the EPA inspections during the course of construction. They'll come out before and make sure they put a negative pressure on the house. And when they start sanding that stuff, and have to retest it and so forth, and it costs you probably <coughs> five times as much as it would if you had no specific reason to get rid of it. So be careful. Talk to your consultant. Make sure that they're on the same track and that you're getting rid of it for a bona fide reason. Part of uh, containing lead-based paint is to encapsulate it. So if you've got lead-based paint on a wall and you put a paneling up there, you've encapsulated it. If you put another drywall, another layer of drywall. At my house, we just added a quarter-inch drywall everywhere in that room because the drywall, I didn't like it. And I didn't want to have to try to smooth it out and retexture it. So we just put up a new drywall throughout, quarter-inch, and, and now we're in the process of retexturing. Can a contractor get some upfront money? Boy, is that a big one or what? You know, as we get into this, I see we got about a minute. Uh, well, let's start it anyway. Can our contractor get upfront money on a two or three K? After last Sunday's show, we got a call from an Indiana home on, homeowner who was being asked for. Uh, they already had a two or three K. They were ready. They wanted to get some upfront money for the contractor. Uh, apparently the contractor had been misinformed by someone. I don't know who. It uh, could have been the lender. It could have been the consultant. I don't have any clue. Um, but can he get some money up front to purchase materials? Well, we're going to answer that question right after this short break. So call us at 888-627-6008. If you want to be part of the show today, we'll be right back. So stay tuned. We've been looking for a home in a great neighborhood, but they're all too small. 
Then we heard about the FHA 203K loan program, where we can add a room or two when we purchase and get a single loan to cover both the purchase and the room addition. What a great idea! there. We're back with you. Call us at 888-627-6008 if you want to be part of the show. Um, let's pick up where we left off. Can we get upfront money on a 203k loan? Well, sorry, that's not the case. Uh, what we do in, in our specification of repairs in line item 35, we always put a comment there that we, that there's no upfront money on a 203k. There's no upfront money. You have to install it and get reimbursed for the materials and the labor up to that point. Now, the mortgagee, or the lender in this case, may not approve draw requests for materials for work that is not completed, except for, now this is right out of the guideline, material costs, now listen to this carefully, material costs for items be, being prepaid by the borrower in cash or by his contractor where a contract has been established with a supplier and an order is placed with the manufacturer for delivery at a later date. So if you're doing exterior hardy board siding and you want to, you can get up to 50% payment up front if you get a contract for delivery at a later date. If you're doing carpeting or cabinetry and you have a contract for delivery at a later date, then they'll pay 50% to directly to the supplier. It does not go through your books. I will tell you this. If that contract is for floor coverings and includes labor, and it says that, they will regard that as a subcontractor and you will get nothing up front. So be very careful to put only materials in a material draw. Don't try to be cute and hope you'll get the labor and materials. It won't happen, and it'll cost you because they won't give you anything up front. So up to 50% of the material cost for items not yet paid for by the borrower or the contractor, where a contract is established with the supplier and orders placed with the manufacturer for delivery at a later date. So you can get upfront money for big ticket items effectively, things that can't be drawn off the floor. They have to be manufactured to your specification uh, is quite often the way it is. So 50% material deposits for finished flooring and cabinetry is typical, but you do need to get a W-9 and an invoice from those suppliers. Again, if there's any mention of installation or labor in that contract, they will be regarded as a subcontractor and they must install before they're going to get paid. And then they're going to get a 10% holdback. So the guideline is written pretty loose though and, and you could get any any big ticket items provide, provided your lender is okay with it. Now we're going to look at some property eligibilities. You know, if if you're a 
homeowner and you're looking to become an investor and you're willing to live in a house for a while as an investment or live in an apartment for a while as an investment, you know, if you look, typically they're looking for 36 months, but, but a property must be an existing property that has been completed for at least a year prior to the case number assignment date. If the mortgagee, which is the lender, is unsure whether the property has been completed or at least for at least one year, the mortgagee must request a copy of the certificate of occupancy, which is called a CO, or equivalent, something that proves this house was built and with a certificate of occupancy over a year ago. Now, I had an instance where a HUD employee called me, and he told me to please, uh, he's got a bunch of slabs that were poured at in Richmond, California. This is years ago. I'm not looking to get anybody in trouble. They're still there. They're not. Uh, anyway, they called me and said, hey, uh, we got a slab over here at this address on 16th Street in Richmond, California. I said, yeah, I noticed them building that a few months ago. He said, well, there's seven condos, one end unit, of course, on each end, and uh, five middle units. I want you to write up a full 203K on each one of them. You'll be paid per townhouse, uh, so you've only got to do a the two end units will be a little different than the interior units, but effectively, got seven cookie cutters. I said, "Yeah, well, that's interesting," but those aren't; uh, those never been lived in. They never had a certificate certificate of occupancy. And what I was told specifically was, "Didn't you hear this is HUD? I'm asking you to do this." And I said, "Well, I don't know if you're asking me to do this or testing me, frankly." doesn't meet the guideline and I was told that they make the guidelines they can break the guidelines or bend the guidelines or so will you do just what you're told and I said no not without a certificate of occupancy that lot has been a vacant lot from the time I was a kid I used to walk by it and it was a vacant lot and it hasn't ever had a house on it I don't see how you can possibly say it meets the criteria. He says, all right, I'll call you right back. A few minutes later, I was told to go down and pick up a certificate of occupancy, which will be ready for me in my name at the counter at the building inspects department when I get there. Huh? Okay. Um, so I did, and I picked it up, and we processed that product, those properties. It was actually a sweet deal for me, but it did not fit the guideline. And today, don't expect that to happen. I don't expect that the current regime is going to be waiving any guideline rules for you. But a property that is not eligible for a 203B mortgage, a 203K is a 203B plus a with a construction component. So if a property is not eligible for a 203B, due to health and safety or security issues, it may be eligible under the 203K because you're going to cure those issues. A property with an existing 203K mortgage is not eligible to be refinanced until all repairs are completed and the case has been electronically closed out. 
So, you got an FHA 203K project. It's way over time to be completed and has had nothing but headaches. It's overdue. And the lender no longer wants to refinance it or extend your, your extension to complete the project. You cannot refinance it into another 203K until that work is completed. So you, now you're between a rock and a hard place. You can, however, there is a distinct possibility you can do a, a Fannie Mae homestyle and refinance a product that is not completed, a project that was not completed under the 203K guideline. All of the unused portion of the mortgage will be paid down on the mortgage and be added to the new mortgage. The following property types may be financed. A one-to-four unit single-family home or anything that becomes a one-to-four unit single-family structure. An individual condominium unit meeting the following requirements. So you can renovate a 203K condo with the FHA 203K, but it must be located in an FHA-approved condominium project and must comply with all other requirements for condominiums. Now, I've seen lots of these things go in a condominium complexes, but the complex was an FHA-approved condo project. And that's what they're saying, as long as it's an FHA-approved condo project. Now, no more than five units per condominium association of 25% of the total number of units. No more than five units per condominium association, or which, or 25% of the total, whichever is less. So that's probably going to be five units. Now, 203K can be done on smaller condos, provided there's not more than four in a building. Okay, I know uh, Bahia over in San Rafael. They have fourplexes, fourplexes, fourplexes. Everywhere is a fourplex. Detached fourplexes with the car parking underneath, uh, one unit on the ground, and uh, actually two above. They may be triplexes. I don't know. It's been so long since I've been over there. So any of those kind of things can be refinanced using the FHA 203K as long as there's no more than four living units in a building. You might have 100 buildings on the site, and they're all condos, but HUD can only do the 203K on ones that are um, no more than four in a building. After rehabilitation is complete, the unit is located in a structure containing no more than four units. I think I said that. <laughs> For townhouse-style condominiums, uh, each townhouse is considered as one structure, provided each unit is separated by a one-and-a-half-hour firewall. So townhouse structures, there might be 30 of those, but they got to have a one-and-a-half-hour firewall between units. They would qualify. Okay. Manufactured housing, where the rehabilitation does not affect the structural components of the structure that were designed and constructed in conformance with the federal manufactured home construction and safety standards. 
must comply in all other aspects. Uh, mixed unit properties, I still think those are great. Um, or you've got up to four residential units and plus commercial on the ground floor. 51% of the gross building area is for residential use, and the commercial use will not affect the health and safety of the occupancy, of the occupants, okay? The property is defined as eligible for 203K as evidenced in the sales contract, so you must, in your sales contract, put that this is an FHA 203K mixed-use financing. Okay. Uh, required documentation for the standard 203K only. Required, okay, we're into a different section. Consultants everywhere, if you're listening, pay attention. Required documentation for a standard 203K only, as opposed to a limited. But a standard requires a consultant's final work write-up and cost estimate. The mortgagee, the lender, must obtain the final work write-up and cost estimate from the consultant. A final work write-up must also include uh, all the repairs and improvements to meet HUD's minimum standards. <laughs> um, interesting. I'm getting a phone call from somebody who was listening to my show, but he called my private line. Anyway, <laughs> the cost estimate must state the nature and type of repairs for each work item, each line item, broken down by labor and materials. Lump sum costs are permitted only in line items where lump sum estimates are reasonable and customary. The consultant must also include all the other architectural exhibits as may be needed. Let's talk about that. Architectural exhibits is what HUD refers to as the entire paperwork structure for a 203K loan. They call them architectural exhibits. They may or may not have blueprints. If you're doing a room addition, you have to have something, a sketch, something that shows the configuration on the ground after the construction is met, after it's completed, because the appraiser has to appraise it. So they must know what it is we're doing. And if they don't, they can't appraise it. So you have to give them a good feel for that. Does that mean you have to have full-blown blueprints that might cost five to 10,000 bucks or more? No, you can do an appraiser sketch. Uh, buy a simple program and, and create appraiser sketch. Um, sometimes the lenders get a little uh, anal about this and they want to see, where's the blueprints? I got to see the architectural blueprints architecture renderings and so forth. Well, we don't have a sale until we close the loan. So I'm not apt to ask my customer to go out and spend 12,000 bucks or 20,000 and buy all these blueprints. We've already taken our sketches down and had the concept approved with the building department so that we know they're gonna allow this second story addition. That's not a problem. We can get that in writing. But we're not going to buy blueprints until we know this deal has closed. Okay, I see we're coming up on a heartbreak. So call us at 888-627-6008 and be part of the show. We'll be right back after this short break, and we'll pick up where we left off. 
We found the perfect house, but there's been no updating it for many years. Then we heard about the FHA 203K, where we can buy that home and get the money to fix it up all in one low interest rate loan. What a great idea! Young calling. I'm not calling you. You're going to call me at 888-627-6008. Be part of the show. Broadcasting today from Las Vegas, Nevada. Anyway, so we're talking about the required documentation for a consultant to turn in on the borrower's behalf. And a written, they must also have a consultant borrower agreement uh, that shows what the consultant's going to do for the fees they get. Uh, they must have a written agreement and must disclose to the borrower any inspections performed by the consultant is not a home inspection. Um, interesting. They A few years ago, I decided that all consultants must be qualified home inspectors, and which means we have to do a specific home inspection as outlined by the state that we're in. And we can never put costs or fees attached to the items that we're saying need to be corrected. Well, that's exactly what we do. Uh, anyway, uh, what we're going to be doing is getting very confused here. The guy that called in on my regular phone wants to know what station, <laughs> and he's listened to it before. So, written agreement between the consultant and the borrower. The required documentation for a limited 203K only requires a contractor's estimate. And I point that out because we don't have a contractor's estimate required for a standard 203K. There is no HUD requirement for a contract from or a bid from a contractor. They can use our bid if they want to. So, anyway, on the Good Neighbor Next Door program, we talked a little bit about it last week. We're going to finish up today with some questions and answers from that. But if you're a uh, any of the Good Neighbor Next Door programs, uh, you can buy properties, HUD foreclosures, in specific areas that are designated for Good Neighbor Next Door. Because we want police cars and fire cars and fire trucks coming in and out of the neighborhood all the time, it helps the neighborhood. So what kind of discount? The question is, what kind of discount can I get on a HUD home? Well, if you're a good neighbor next door qualified buyer, which means you're a police officer, fire department, EMT, prison guards, stuff like that, you can get a 50% discount off the HUD appraised value. Now, be careful there, because the HUD appraised value of this house might be $300,000. So because you're going to get 50% out, you're not going to order, you're not going to make an offer over three, three fifty. excuse me, 300 If you're borrowing this, the house has got an appraisal for 300 by HUD, and it qualifies for the Good Neighbor Next Door program, you are going to offer no more than 
300000 less or plus whatever pocket money you might have. And the reason for it is if you offered a $50,000 high, you know you're going to get it. However, you're going to have to put 50000 cash down. They don't play that game. So you only want to bid over it by maybe 100 bucks or 10 bucks or something above the asking price, but not so high that you can't pull it out of your pocket, okay? Um, and you're also going to get a qualified realtor that deals with these things so they know how to write the offer and present it properly. So so how much can you get? You can get up to 50%. So if the $300,000 price you're going to, once you're going to bid like everybody else, the 300000 if you get it, some are going to offer 250, 230, 275, 300, and you offer $310, $300,010, and thereby makes you higher than the guy that bid full price. You're gave, you got that bid. Now you're going to submit information that proves you're a good neighbor next door. And they will tell you right then and there, okay, you're going to get a $150,000 uh, deduction. You're going to pay $150,000 less than what you bid. Isn't that great? Now, they do expect you, um, they do expect you to live there for 36 months. If you sell the house before 36 months, they're going to want that other 150000 back. So you're making a commitment. They're making a commitment of 50% discount. You're making a commitment that you're going to live there for 36 months. Uh, no interest. Okay, you can buy the house either with VA or FHA financing or conventional mortgage or cash. HUD requires you to sign a second mortgage and note for on the discounted amount, which in this case we just talked about is 300, uh, excuse me, 150,000 for the example. Uh, no interest or payments are required on this silent second mortgage. If you live in the house for an entire 36 months, then you may be required to pay a pro rata position portion of the discount to HUD should you move early before that 36. After the 36, that silent second disappears. It disappears. You must live in the home as its sole residence for 36 months. The purchase of the program is to strengthen communities by encouraging employed professional law enforcement officers, teachers, and firefighters. Oh, teachers, yes. K through 12. K through 12. Uh, medical technicians, emergency medical technicians, EMT, to live in the community. Uh, you got, you'll have 30, 90, or 180 days to move into the home you purchase, depending on the HUD's determination of the conditional home. Okay. Next question: What is FHA rehab mortgage? What is it? Uh, and how can it help me buy a home? Well. The FHA 203K mortgage is actually a loan guarantee to the lender, which entices them to make you the loan in the first place. But it helps home buyers buy us a home and have enough money to fix it up or make necessary repairs all in the same loan. On a standard 203K, your repairs must be 
be more than $5,000. Now, you can get that $5,000 just with aesthetic appeal. Change the front of the house. It's easy to reach the $5,000 minimum. It's not that difficult. If you're adding a detached garage, there's your $5,000 easily. Uh, some cases, it's the $5,000 can be obtained by fixing all the termite repairs or the, uh, what do they call it, any kind of required repairs that tally 5000 or more. Um, discuss these financial options with your lender. Your limited 203K only needs a couple thousand dollars, and there's really no limit. It's up to the lender. They could loan on money just to fix the broken window if they wanted to. Uh, question, can I sell a GNND home after three years and keep the profit? GNND, good neighbor next door. So can I keep the profit? The answer is yes. So if you live there three years, that money is yours. The $150,000 second disappeared. And you can sell a home and keep all the profit and or equity or appreciation or whatever. You have all those things are going to be in effect. Question: Do I do I have a real estate broker or agent to buy a good neighbor next door home? Yes, you do. They have to be. So anyway, it's been fun. I apologize for the interruptions today. Uh, they should not have happened. Uh, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, join us next Sunday between 1 and 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. This broadcast is coming again from Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, we, Our offices are still out. We're pushed out of them. We're working out of the side of our house at the moment. Uh, but we look forward to seeing you next time. Please bring your questions and plan to be calling in. So join us next week, and may God bless you. Tune in every Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to BBS Radio Station 1 and learn more about making home renovations possible, profitable, and hassle-free. Isn't it time you learned how to make money doing something you love? Visit 203konline.com now and let's get your home makeover projects done right. Right.